0: This is the Mosh Pit Backstage Podcast for punk, metal, and rock interviews and segments.
1: Hey, it's Ben from Bridgeburner here, and you are listening to Mosh On Scene.
0: Ben Reid is the vocalist for New Zealand band Bridgeburner, who'll be releasing their debut full-length, *No Apostle*, on May 31st. Ben, thank you so much for joining me.
1: No problem. You're very welcome.
0: Now let's start really back at the beginning. When did the band form?
1: Uh, it would have been back in 2015. Uh, I was living in Japan at the time, uh, and the guitarist Josh, who I've known for for many years. Uh, When I started thinking about moving back to New Zealand, I wanted to get a band uh, going, and I kind of, I'd been itching to do a sort of dirty D-beat band for a while, so I sent him a message and he was keen, and then when I got back, we met up, um, got a couple more members, and and then put together the mantras of self-loathing 7-inch pretty quickly, uh, and it's just gone from there. Where did the name come from? Uh, The name is all Josh's. Uh, He's, you know, we've we've all had some tough times in his life and it's a name that he's had kicking around for a long time um, and you know when we when we started started writing and coming up with this the material that ended up on Mantras he was like this project needs to be called Bridge Burner and so yeah so we just went with it
0: So after your EP when did you start working on this new album?
1: Uh, this new album has actually been a long time uh, coming we sort of started writing straight away um, we've written quite, we wrote quite a few songs and then sort of whittled it down a little bit, um, but yeah, the material we've sort of been refining it live for for quite some time, and the album's actually been recorded and finished for about nine months. It's just been, you know, a, real life gets in the way of doing doing band stuff, and you know, it's it never goes as as quickly as you'd like, but yeah, we're very stoked that it's finally going to see the light of day.
0: In terms of playing stuff live, do you are you looking for feedback, sort of audience feedback, how it goes down? What's the sort of thinking behind playing stuff live before it's released on an album?
1: Um, no, not at all. It's it's I guess more about getting more comfortable with the material, um, maybe figuring out if something's lacking. Um, but yeah, it, it's really more about sort of getting the songs into our DNA so when it comes time to record um, we can just concentrate on performance and getting a good like honest performance rather than having to sort of battle uh, trying to track the songs but yeah I guess I guess for us you know we're constantly writing um, and so we don't we don't really want to sort of just sit on a bunch of material like as, as we write new songs we put them in the set. Um change change songs up, and it's just a it just i guess it's just a good way to sort of come to come to grips with the material and decide where we want to head next um because it's you know Bridgeburn is definitely a band that ha- has sort of a musical progression and in a in stranger directions you know and the the more we write and the more we play, I guess the more we're figuring that out you know
0: for you guys what's the process of writing like how do you go from having no song to an idea to eventually the song being kind of fully
1: formed uh well josh our guitarist is the main songwriter um and what usually happens is he'll put together the bones of a song uh then bring it to practice and the the drummer and bass player uh will learn the material they'll start um, constructing a song, playing through the song and then we'll sort of tweak the rest of us all through our own ideas and then once it's fairly solid then I'll write some lyrics, do the arrangements and then we kind of once it's all together sort of I guess decide whether we're happy with it or not but yeah it's it's very much a sort of a set process. We'll, we'll probably try more collaborative writing in the future seeing as we all have like quite diverse uh, tastes when it comes to extreme music but yeah for thus far it's it's mainly worked that way
0: for you uh writing the the lyrics the
1: vocals how do do you approach that um i'm to be honest i'm always writing and you know i've I've been doing singing in bands for nearly half my life and it's it's just a a completely like a a part of me like it's a, a cathartic process because i I write about the things that, that affect me on a daily basis and it's generally negative stuff. So the things that affect me negatively. Um, and it, it, it's a way of sort of channeling that and using it for something that I can be proud of, you know, and it's, it, I guess whatever's troubling me at the time generally winds its way into my lyrics. I tend to write very metaphorically. So it's, it's wrapped up in a, a lot of layers, but um, yeah, essentially the, the writing process is, um, I will decide what I want to write about and then do a rough, rough draft of lyrics and then go through and while trying to arrange it, do a few tweaks and changes. But yeah, it's it's very much a. I don't know, I've, I've been writing most of my life, so it's just a one, one way to channel that writing, you know.
0: In terms of your focus, like, I don't know, it's, 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 it's always sort of difficult for me. Sometimes when I come to a new band, it's sort of, um, you know, trying to. We get a real feel for the band, get a real understanding of what's going on. We, with this release, um, we you sort of switching up the vocals more, trying out some different stuff.
1: Um, no, not really. I mean, to to be honest, I've apart from the like first few hardcore and grindcore bands I was in many years ago, I've I've always sort of enjoyed trying out my voice and and using different. Voices, you know, lower vocals and screaming and yelling, you know, whatever suits the line or suits the the mood of that particular riff. Um, so maybe I've pushed that a, a little bit more, but I've I've sort of always explored, like enjoyed exploring different textures with my voice, you know. Just like a guitarist isn't only going to just sit there on the E string, you know. Like it's uh, I I enjoy sort of trying to to make my vocals interesting and expressive, you know.
0: Now, in terms of other vocalists, you had two guest vocalists on the album. What what is it like that you sort of go, um, when does it happen you you think, we should have some other people besides yourself doing vocals on particular tracks? And then how do you go about deciding who's actually going to be doing that on the album?
1: Um, I've always been a fan of... of, um Guest, guest vocal slots, uh, you know, when, when I have a favourite album and there's a guest vocalist on the song and it, they give a different perspective or, a, you know, a, having a, a different voice, I, I think it's a, quite a cool colour you can add to your album. Um, so going into it, I, I really wanted to ask uh, Talia Williams from Dial and Human Resource. Um, Human Resource are an amazing New Zealand band that everyone should check out. Um, We've been playing in bands um, that have played shows together for the last decade and a half. Um, And I've always loved her voice and her performance and really enjoyed her lyrics. So I wanted to ask her specifically to to sing on a track. Um, And then Josh's old band Graves toured with an Australian hardcore band called Outright. um, And he became friends with Yelena, the, the vocalist. Um, and he suggested asking her to sing on a song. And we had this track, Kill Haller, that I liked, but it, it, there was something that I felt it was kind of lacking. Um, so I, when, when Josh suggested asking Ellen, I, I sent her the lyrics in the track and said, hey, how do you feel about this? And yeah, she absolutely killed it. Like, <laughs> the, the aggression in her vocals puts mine to shame. So yeah, super stoked with both uh, how both those guest spots came out. In terms of, like, the sort of album,
0: sort of, more broadly, I, I was sort of interested to... I wouldn't call it pattern, but there was... You've, you start off with the opening track. It's a lot slower than... Then you proceed into sort of middle of the album. It's a sort of more heavier, more sort of... I don't know if you call them aggressive tracks. And then you sort of go out again, and you've got sort of a mix between... Um, songs that sort of mix it up a little bit could you talk a little bit about um, sort of those two different aspects the kind of very flat out aggressive kind of in your face stuff and then the more uh, slower more atmospheric kind of stuff that sort of pronounce your album
1: we've got quite diverse um, tastes when it comes to heavy and extreme music. Um, and so even though we originally started out as sort of a just a DB band, there's there's a lot of other elements that we wanted to include. Um, and we definitely didn't want to sit down and, and write a particular style of song times eight or times 10 to put on the album. We kind of just wrote whatever felt right you know and the the very first song that we wrote for this album was the opening track which is obviously like the slowest song on the album and then we just went from there and because we listen to stuff from you know late 90s early 2000s sort of hardcore like botch but you know the favorite band of um our guitarist is uh godflesh and then we listen to lots of you know extreme stuff and atmospheric black metal and we we just really didn't want to be limited in the scope of the the type of riffs or the type of songs we could craft. So it, when Josh brought these songs in and we started tweaking them, we just wanted to make sure that it sounded like it was still us. And as long as it did, we weren't really too concerned with the, with the pace or the style of riffing. Um, so I guess that's why you've got songs like The Blood Easily Follows, you know, Chased Out by the Blood Never Lies, which are very, very different um, stylistically, but they still, they're still still very much bridge-burner, you know?
0: Mm, that's interesting. It's, it's always fascinating how there's, like, this sort of quality to bands. that Even if they're doing tracks which, when you put it on paper, kind of seem like complete opposite, they're still sort of clearly the same band, and anyone can yeah. really tell that they good. were...
1: Yeah, and I think as long as there is some common elements, like obviously the the style of vocals shape a song a a lot, and guitar tone and that type of thing, um, you you can still be extremely diverse and it still be coherent on the same album, you know. And as as we're all fans of like a lot of heavy music, you know, the the most interesting albums are the ones that aren't the same note repeated. You know, it's the the albums that do have a hell of a lot of dynamics and a lot of variety that, you know, keeps you guessing and keeps you interested in this linear songwriting rather than, you know, uh, there's a lot of bands that, that do quite well that are really just one trick ponies. And that's, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of a bit older now and I've been playing in bands for a long time and I've, I've done that. And I want to make music that I'd be interested in listening to, you know? So it's, it's, yeah, it's really important to us that we, Create music that sort of scratches our edge, so to speak, and because we've got very diverse tastes, it's yeah, it's just how, how it's come out.
0: Like, in terms of you mentioned just then about sort of getting older, sort of wanting to kind of diversify, have more variance in the music, and then you spoke earlier about um, wanting to. Work on sort of more collaborative style. Want to expand? Like, do you do you guys have any feel about where you want to head next? Is there anything like, oh, we want to, you know, include this element or that would be really cool if we had a song which I don't know whatever. Is there any is there any feeling in the band about those kind of things?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We've definitely discussed that because, like I said, this this album's been done for a little while now. Um, we've already started, you know, started pulling material. Um, and we essentially just want it to be more interesting, weirder, more unorthodox, pulling, you know, pulling reference and influence from from things that sit outside of the extreme metal niche, you know, I, I mean, I'm not saying that we're going to suddenly break into, like, a country song, but in, we just really want Bridgeburner to be something a bit different, I mean, obviously, all bands probably say that, but you know that because there's such a saturation of of heavy bands, we want to to be adding something worthwhile to the musical conversation. You know, so I think that then the future will probably hold stranger, more unorthodox material than on on Null Apostle. Um, how that ends up, I've I've really got no idea at this stage. But um yeah, we're just definitely excited to. To try some new things and to, yeah, I guess just to make music that we'd find interesting as, as music fans ourselves.
0: Now, this might be kind of like a too theoretical question. It's one of these things that I think about and I don't really have a good answer. But like a lot of bands these days, and it, it, you know, are interested for good reason in trying to be different and trying to include different elements, not necessarily being all metal. Doing lots of different stuff, whereas the bands, the great bands of like the eighties in particular, all seem to sort of often be doing kind of a more sort of straight metal. Do you, do you have any thoughts about like what do you reckon's changed over the time that means that like people can't just do straight metal and it still have necessarily the same appeal to people? Does that does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, it absolutely does. Um, I, I think it's because that, you know, that path has been trodden. So, you know, bands like Slayer and Metallica have have already done that and, and put that on the map. So it's, you know, and, and to this day, you still have bands that are very much like carrying that torch, but it's just not as exciting as it once was because, you know, that it's been done... A million times and it's been done probably better than than anyone else will ever do it so i guess i guess in terms of the way heavy music has evolved you know it, it's gotten heavier and more extreme and then it got to the point where it was kind of at the most extreme it could be in terms of uh you know te- technical death metal in terms of pushing human uh performance you know being able to play it that, the top speed and that's kind of been done. And now I think people are just, I don't know, I I feel like there's a lot more atmosphere and a lot more in terms of sort of angry and upsetting music. There's a lot more vibe seems to be more important now. Um, So I I just feel that with, you know, with all the the bands that were really big in the eighties and the styles that were big, it's already been done so well that, you know, people want to listen to something new. Like, you can still chuck on your Slayer records, you know, but in terms of music that's being put out, we, people don't want to hear regurgitation of of what was already happening, like, 20 or 30 years ago, you know? They, they want something new. They want to feel something new.
0: It's funny. I've interviewed a lot of bands from artists Catharsis, the label you guys are on. Um, uh, yeah. a, lot, a lot of bands, because... Um, Lachlan puts out a lot of great stuff, and I, I'm I'm a very I big fan of it. Um, h- how did you how would you guys get involved with Artists Catharsis? <laughs> I've never sort of asked any of the bands. I was just sort of the idea <laughs> th- sort of popped into
1: my head. Uh, to be honest, um, Artist Catharsis were the first label we approached, and it was essentially because the it, his ro- his band roster is very curated. You know, he's not um, his label isn't just okay, we do technical death metal bands, and so we just sign a million technical death metal bands. It, it doesn't really matter what genre it is. As long as there's something sincere and it, there's something real about it and something that strikes a chord with him, he's interested in helping out, you know, and it's, that's what we wanted in the label, someone that saw the value in what we're doing and weren't just like, okay, yeah, you sound like band X. Sure, we sign, you know, bands of that style. Um, you know, and and he's released some fantastic records over the years. And it's, you know, if you look at on the release roster, like the, the releases were sandwiched between they're completely not metal. They're often completely different tangents. And I I find that really, you know, rather than sort of being stuck in one, one genre, he just wants to put out music. That's good to him, you know, and music that makes him feel something or something that resonates with him. Um, and yeah, he's just been fantastic to deal with from the get go, and you know we definitely couldn't be happier. It's it's perfect for a band like us.
0: I think you're the first New Zealand band I've interviewed. Um, I really need to interview a lot more New Zealand bands because you've got a great, some really great uh, music coming out of there. What what is the scene like in New Zealand in terms of heavy music?
1: Uh, it, to be honest, like I've I've been involved in the sort of metal and hardcore scenes. over here for for almost two uh two decades and it is constantly in in the ebb and flow there there are times where it's there's shows every weekend we're based in auckland which is the the biggest city in new zealand um there's times where there's just like it's an abundance of shows and amazing bands completely crushing it and then it sort of dries up a bit and gets a bit quiet uh and then it sort of comes comes back but um, I think it's just the way it always is with I guess generations moving on people get a bit older start having kids the priorities shift and then young people sort of get into involved in the music scene and move up to to re- replenish the the bands and the audience you know so it's just a it's yeah it's a constant sort of ebb and flow of, of popularity uh, it's a bit tough in terms of venues um, We've lost a lot of good venues. It sounds like it's happening in, in Sydney um, as well. Um, it it's actually sounds like it's happening in a lot of places um, down in our part of the world. But we recently lost the King's Arms, which was the most iconic um, music venue here. And one of the only music venues that was perfect for... Uh, heavy music shows and international artists and yeah it's it's just been a tremendous loss so it's a bit quiet at the moment and uh, there's not a real lot of choice when it comes to to venues We're having someone's going to pick up the torch and and create something but yeah a
0: couple last questions about you sort of personally um just doing sort of the research limited research that you sort of can do on um Like metal uh, heavy bands. Um, Did you do vocals for a a Mexican band? Am I did I read that correctly? Yeah,
1: yeah. I um, I, I'm in a band called Punished, uh, who are based in Mexico, and um, that came about because uh, maybe about ten years ago there was a, a metal forum, international metal forum that I used to post on a lot, and I made a few friends that. Then when things shifted to Facebook, we we kept in touch, and my friend Antonio um, had a new project on the go, and he hit me up and said, "Hey, how do you feel about uh, doing vocals for this for this album?" And so I was like, "Yeah, for sure," because music was fantastic. He's a, a ridiculous guitarist and songwriter, and yeah, that that ended up happening. And just with the with the way modern technology is, you know, it's it's perfectly feasible to do a band with members spread all around the world like it's 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 great
0: when did you first start listening to heavy music
1: um that would have been in the mid 90s i was i was really into nirvana and green day and and bands like that um and then my my first proper girlfriend introduced me to a bunch of of new metal so bands like corn um when corn first came out um, and introduced me to Slayer and Fear Factory and it just completely like blew my mind, you know. I couldn't I I couldn't really make make sense of of I don't know what what it made me feel. You know, obviously I was an angsty teenager and so it just really resonated with me. Uh, then one day someone gave me cannibal corpse vial on cassette and that was it. And then I was just from then on just sort of delved into into heavy music.
0: It's funny, Cannibal Corpse was my sort of first, like, crazy, de- uh, like, like, at the time, it's just it's just very odd to listen to <laughs> death metal, because it doesn't really make any sense, and you're not sure
1: what no, the hell's going it on. it doesn't, absolutely. I remember laughing out loud when when I first heard it, because I was just like, what's with those vocals? And, you know, it's one of those things where I was just like, enamored by it, because I didn't understand it, so I just listened to it more and more, until I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is the best, but, yeah, when you first hear it, it's just like, is this music? <laughs> you know? When did you first start doing vocals? Um, that would have been maybe 1999, possibly. Um, it was when I first started getting into hardcore, because I was, I was really into, uh, I guess, sort of basic entry-level death metal and then a bunch of stuff like Machine Head and Fear Factory and Slayer and all that. Um, and then I had an ad up in, in a music store to start a band, um, and I got a got a call and went for an audition. This was on guitar. I went for an audition um, to play with this band, and they were playing sort of metalcore kind of stuff, and I'd never heard it. Um, and this is back before metalcore has been like completely r- rinsed to death. But you know, I, I just the breakdowns and breakdown, essentially breakdowns with Slayer riffs. So I was just like, wow, okay, I've got to be in this band. Um, and they gave me a bunch of tapes, including uh, Vision of Disorder self-titled and I, I totally fell in love with that album. And I was like, I want to be able to make these noises that Tim Williams is making. So I just used to drive around in my sh- car, blasting this Vision of Disorder album, trying to emulate uh, Tim Williams' voice until I could start to do it. And then, yeah, and that was it. And sort of been doing vocals and bands ever since because I realised I'm not much of a musician.
0: <laughs> Final question. Um, I know it can be a little bit hard sometimes uh, but what are your favourite albums or artists?
1: Ooh, okay. Um, it's always a tough one. Um, in terms of heavy, upsetting music, um, there's a couple of bands that definitely stand out. Uh, Primitive Man, um, an artist on Relapse, I absolutely love. It's just complete oral misery like it's the, it's the definition of miserable crushing music uh i also absolutely love cult leader um who i guess play again it's really upsetting music but it's a lot faster than than primitive man um what else listen to so much also been listening to a lot of gunship lately which is like 80s synthwave stuff so, so you know when you start getting older your you tastes diversify a bit and now I listen to all and sundry you know, but I guess heavy extreme music will always be have a special place in my in my heart you know
0: Bridgeburner they'll be releasing Null Apostle on May 31st Ben thank you so much for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you
1: awesome thanks so much Ben thanks for listening to the Mosh Pit Backstage Podcast you can subscribe to us on iTunes and Omni find out more about the show go to www.syn.org.au slash moshpit like us on facebook at facebook.com slash moshpit on sin and follow us on twitter and instagram at The regular Moshpit radio show broadcasts punk, rock, and male tunes and interviews every Thursday nights on SYN 9.7 on FM and digital radios. Listeners outside of Melbourne, Australia can stream SYN 9.7 online at www.syn.org.au. Thanks to Vintage Ruin for the music. Hi, this is the Muscle from Gun Apocalypse.
0: Hi, I'm Enid from Girl School. I am Phoebe Pinnock from Heaven the Axe. Hey, this is Gary Oldman
1: from The Mist. Hey, this is Kat Sproul from Horizon's Edge, and you're listening to the Moss on Finn FM.
0: Hi, this is Aina from Leopard.
1: Hi, I'm Virginia Lily from the band Lily. This
0: is Round from 1349. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ali from
1: Head. Hey everybody this is Charlie Bonate with anthrax and you are listening to the mosh pit on tip.